0: Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with Toasty. My, I don't even, what are we even anymore, Toasty? I don't even know. Uh, I know what we're not, Tom. Lovers. That too,
1: we're not that. definitely not that we're also definitely not friends that's for sure ah got
0: it um welcome back everybody welcome (laughs) i'm not getting my friends back to the show welcome (laughs) friends other than toasty uh this episode we are covering queen maeve Maeve, m-e-v-e not queen maeve from the boys if you watched that show different i haven't but it's on my list different maeve this one doesn't have an a in the name it's just m-e-v-e of lyria and rivia and Tosi, we were talking earlier, there is a lot of detail here, so much so that we're going to have to split this into two episodes. Mm-hmm. Sounds like she's an interesting, important person. Yes. Yes. Which is good, which is very, yeah, it's nice. It's it is. nice that I didn't like her
1: write off a a female character
0: (laughs) yeah well i mean the witcher does one thing for being a male written series it does one thing well i believe at least in my opinion is it writes women well or he writes women well would you agree
1: yeah i mean he doesn't like
0: he doesn't like
1: uh cut them out that's for sure like he's got very prominent Strong female characters. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Powerful, motivated, with their own goals that have nothing to do with men. All of, you know, all the stereotypical stuff just gets thrown off to the side and he's like, no, these are powerful, interesting characters on their own. So, mm-hmm. good job, good job, everybody. Good job, Andre Skalski. Yeah, it's spelled weird, though, so I don't, I just don't trust that pronunciation. Uh, anyway, let's get into it. Let's. What do we know about Queen Maeve?
1: Alright, well, <clears throat> Queen Maeve, uh, uh, also known as the White Queen, the Merry Widow, uh, and the Daughter of Raven. Uh, She is of Lyrian nationality, uh, and her title is the Queen of Lyria and Rivia. Uh, She's the commander of the Lyrian-Rivian Army and the White Queen's Corps. Um, She is from the House of Raven, um, hence Daughter of Raven. Her parents were, well, the only parent we know is uh callis or calice her mother don't know anything about her dad not Calisi. <clears throat> that's different not Calisi. though there's there's a couple appearance traits the, the hair is similar <clears throat> mm-hmm. um her partner is reginald uh i'm gonna talk about the, the king reginald um she uh had a son named villem and a son named Ansis 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 a- a-
0: a- A-N-S-E-I-S. An-sies.
1: Yep. With a little...
0: Willem, uh, little an- over the E. Come to dinner! I feel like that's how she talks. I don't think so. Willem, Ansis Tis supper time!
1: I don't think <laughs> she's... It's in so... the
0: mansion castle, please. I don't because don't we're royalty. No, you don't think she talks like that?
1: I don't think no. All right, okay. I don't think so. Um, she has an unknown number of sisters. At least two brothers. She's related to Kalante as a distant cousin. Faltis mm. also a distant cousin, mm. and Dimovin the uh, third as cousin of an unknown degree. Because all the Harvard. kingdoms are all related in some way, right? Yep, basically, <laughs> basically. There's like one family long, long time ago. We're just like, yo. We're in charge here. Yeah, they (laughs) all just
0: divided up and then remarried across each other. Just like Europe. Yeah, basically. (sighs) Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, So a little bit about her appearance and personality. Uh, I got a little quote. Um, uh, Says, we're all we're admiring your beauty. That too, me, we all know you can find a solution to everything. You have a woman's intuition. You're wise. And
0: it continues on with. Other other I can't think of a word. Pleasantries? Positive qualities? Compliments.
1: Sure, probably. Yeah. Um as said by Henselt and Vismer the Second in uh Blood of the Elves. <clears throat> Henselt! Uh, William! Hansen! <laughs> Stop. No. No. <laughs> why are we German all of a sudden? is that's why? what they sound like. Oh my god. <laughs> that's what you think you think they sound like that's what i think they sound like sure okay yeah fair enough uh by august 1267 when she was nearing 40 meves hair turned grayish white although they appeared blonde from a distance combined with the white coat of her horse
0: uh, they earned her her moniker of white queen she's uh, like this- Geralt. maybe she was witcherized and nobody knew it i mean
1: she badass She's mm. badass you can do mm. some cool stuff <clears throat> uh despite such hair shade her face displayed no signs of aging such as wrinkles ironically enough the white that? queen has a fig was a figure inserted into italy's prophecy by nelf guardian propagandists alongside the white flame shortly before the great war to make the eventual arrival of emperor Amir and his wife seem legitimate <clears throat> mm. As Geralt remarked, Meve looked mature but not old. She had light green eyes, full lips, and was considered overall good looking. When in good humor, the queen sported a charming smile. Her jewelry consisted solely of a necklace with enormous rubies inside. <clears throat> After the crucial battle of Angren, she received a disfiguring scar on her lip and lost several teeth. This made it difficult for, nee- for Meve to pronounce sonorance. Uh, in the end, the wounds healed well enough to not hinder her speech, though remained visible.
0: <clears throat> hmm. Sonorant, a noun or plural noun sonorance, a sound produced with the vocal cords so positioned that spontaneous voicing is possible. A vowel, a glide, or a liquid of nasal consonant. I don't know what that means. Is words? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> like that's a lot of words. I understand all of the individual <laughs> words, but when put together, I don't know what that means. I have nothing. Is it uh, like onomatopoeia? Like I don't. What, what sounds don't know what that are sonar? Sonar. in phonetics. Any of the nasal, liquid, or glide consonants. Um, so in English, the sonars are like y, w, l, r, m, n, and ng. So ng
1: a lot of sounds that's a lot of sounds, though, that's, that's lot sounds you can't so say difficult if, yeah you're missing part of <laughs> your face prominent sounds right there Oof. Uh.
0: so by that she no longer said willem she because she couldn't say the l she'd say vim, vim. <laughs> instead of us she saying she, she pronounces <laughs> <Vim. laughs> oh gosh uh, yeah, that's rough um
1: <laughs> From among the northern rulers, Meve was seen as the wise and cunning one benefiting from the intuition of a woman. Unlike the other monarchs present at Hag, she was firmly against infanticide. That's
0: probably a good thing to be against. It's a good thing. It's a pretty, pretty positive quality there. Mm -hmm. Everybody that I'm good friends with is also against infanticide. That's a quality I look for in friendship.
1: It's not a quality I look for, but I think it does seem to be common a common thread for most people. It's one of the far, first things as I as ask as
0: when I meet new people.
1: Are you pro-infanticide or not? Infanticide, like, uh, how do you, what's how do you feel? On,
0: right? What's your stance on infanticide? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're into video games? Me too. You like uh, fantasy stories and shows? Me too. How do you feel about infanticide?
1: You know, like, I'm kind of like middle ground on it. Uh, <laughs> kind of neutral. I don't, mm, okay. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to we'll revisit this topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the queen was a mostly quiet participant in royal deliberations, but when she did speak, she tended to cut to the heart of the matter and all listened to her. Though not overtly religious, me would silently pray to Melitola when terrified. During the second war with the Empire of Nilfgaard, when she refused to give up and formed her guerrilla forces Meve gained the far-reaching renown as both courageous and steadfast with the bard dandelion assigning her the epithet sun slayer
0: sun slayer dandelion that's just nails it He just sick. nails he's just nails everything he writes he writes sick tunes he comes up with good names for people
1: that's, that's pretty that's, that's a cool name yeah. I might use that for a DD character or something. That sounds, that sounds sick.
0: Sunslayer, <clears throat> not S O N S U N like the bright star in the sky. Right. Not S O N because she's against infanticide. Right. That would be completely not accurate.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> whenever available, me valued peaceful resolutions and cherished those who did the same emotional bursts. So innate to insult by contrast, only amused her <laughs> on top of that. Meve, imagine insult getting all angry and she just laughs. She's just laughing in the face. like <laughs> Gets more angry. Probably. Relax. Relax,
0: Henselt.
1: H- uh On top of that, Meve often held those of a more sensitive constitution in disfavor. And as a result, her relationships with her sons were strained from the very start. <laughs>
0: she has very sensitive children.
1: just okay. her children are whiny. She's
0: like, Sh- shut up. I don't want to hear it. She just laughs. <laughs> oh man that's not a good way to mother your children <laughs> at least you didn't yeah. murder them
1: but you know there's some aspects you have to like i mean she was a warrior to a warrior queen mm-hmm. so like you know weakness mm-hmm. she can't she can't have weakness she's trying to kill enough guardians like she had to she had to to like be strong for that
0: i feel like so. like she's got some similarities in character qualities with calanthe yeah that kind of like hard edged woman takes no nonsense but kind of can shrug things off pretty easily. They, they don't really bother her until they're like really, really important and then mm-hmm. and then she's serious about them. But like you know, like Galanthea was a bit more like sensitive. Like when it came to certain things,
1: like true. Like her daughter and Siri, like she was a bit more sensitive about those things. Instance, right. Like Neve is just like, nah, sensitivity? Fuck that nonsense. Yeah. Get that out of here. Yeah,
0: and the elves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, This was notably the case with her son, uh, Willem. Uh, or however, Willem, depending on <laughs> if she can say the L's or not. <laughs> what part in her life she was able to say the, the words. Right. Uh, however, she did ultimately care for both her sons, accepting they were different from her. With her husband dead, Otto grew to be Meve's closest friend, aide, and confidants secretly harboring, harboring feelings for his leash. So we haven't talked about Otto before. Not, Otto,
0: not Odo. Otto. Odo. Otto, Odo. 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 Otto like uh, Otto Hightower from House of Dragon. <laughs> Man this is no. <laughs> this, this all the fantasy stories are all just melding together here. Yeah
1: well I mean like if that was the case she should drop Otto as soon as possible. He's, he's proven to be pretty not good he's I a mean, real, he's a real spoilers. boy he's he's, <clears throat> really, he's not very good in this i bet again. odo's much better than auto probably yeah probably yeah. memes personal badge portrayed a lion ramp rampant almost said rampart uh tying back to quorum the first holding a sword of the prominent delin family from temeria in one of its paws she also used elongated royal pennants and colors of her
0: kingdoms, flown in cities and castles where she stayed. Mm. So she specifically had the lion pendant, even though the we talked last week about the symbols of Lyria and Rivia with the what we call the chicken. It's an eagle, but the eagle and the, um, the like the diamond shapes. What were those called? Had, uh, lozenges. You know, lozenges. Yeah. So her specific badge portrayed a lion.
1: Mm, And I did, I did send a picture. I want to
0: show that to her. I got to open it up. Video. What? Where? Oh, there it is. I see it. I see it. I see it. Um, Yeah, I'm pulling it up. So uh, this auto guy, do we know anything about him other, other than just like, he was one of her kind of servants? Uh, (laughs) not, not really.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) What? There's (laughs) apparently multiple people named odo so uh oh weird, <laughs> weird. yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i will i will find out i will find yeah. out right now as you pull up the picture
0: so this uh this symbol is it um and you can see the lion well it's when you think of like uh this seems very similar to like english royalty like the lion sideways kind of standing on hind legs with a sword and then you've got the um the other like combination flags of like the Illyrian and Rivian colors. So you've got like the, the blue and the yellow and then the red lozenges and the yellow behind the Eagle. But then you also have on the shield shape, like the top left and bottom right, like everything's divided into quadrants. So the top left is like uh, yellow lions on like four legs laying across the, the shape and there' are three of them stacked. And then you've got the white and red lozenges three of those and then bottom left is white and, or white background red lozenges on the right are the yellow lions on the blue behind it so it's a little bit hard to describe this for the audio version but um you can go look this up but it's it looks like her symbol gets tied into the symbol including rivia and lyria right like it all gets tied yep. together kind of yep. like um hers
1: the lion and then the Lyrian eagle and the lozenges of Rivia, all tied together and like one banner
0: right right so yeah kind of like the united kingdom flag how it has combinations from all the different locations all combined into one flag um cool all right well we're at the we, middle of the show we, what we, we got an odo but oh, yeah, merchant, odo.
1: one of the games i'm pretty sure that's not the same odo um mm-hmm. as far as her odo we don't have any information about him not a whole Other lot he just kind of comes he kind of comes like, up like, at probably the, like a right hand man so mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't remember him from anything particular like he I'm assuming doesn't stand he was out. mentioned
1: in the books I think it said the baptism of fire fires where he's mentioned, but it yeah. doesn't. he's probably not a descriptor it's just a name for a dude
0: yeah just kind of briefly comes up well what are we talking about when we get back from the mid break
1: uh we talk about a little bit about her
0: extensive history hmm. OK, well, here we go. Let's go thank our patrons and we will be right back. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons for being freaking awesome all 18 of you thank you for helping to support us and make this a thing that we can keep doing every week and we've got Coming up in one week, it is the 19th right now. It's Monday night. We record this live on twitch.tv slash robots radio on Monday nights. And in a week from this recording right now today, which you're going to listen to a few days from now, we will be doing our patron chat for the month. And we've got some fun ideas where the community has been chiming in about stuff. So if you want to sign up on patreon.com slash Witcher Lorecast. you can join us for a tier four or higher and then that means you can join us on the end of each month um, if you sign up for the other tiers you get other things as well there's lots of good stuff to get and just a reminder we actually had two new uh, two patrons we had crow signing back up last last week and Rob the princess is joining us so this is gonna be fun we're gonna have a, a nice group going into next week so that's what's going on with the patreon thank you to everybody who supports us and a big shout out to ben of Tamiria and jared m for being our higher vampires awesome stuff thank you for being here and then also we don't have any new ratings or reviews to read out but uh definitely big thanks to you if you take the time on apple Podcasts or spotify or any other service you listen to us on if there's the ability to leave a rating then you do that thank you so very much if you leave a review on apple podcast with five stars we'll read it out as well dusty wait we, wait we, we made it past 300 on spotify 300, 300 ratings 302 five star ratings you guys are amazing thank you so much for that that's the best all right let's move on with the rest of the show You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right. Yeah. So we did kind of a nice overview of her. Why don't we go back to her youth? Like what, what was her situation growing up?
1: Uh, So one of the mini daughters, Queen, uh, Callus gave the king Meave was born to the Lyrian branch of an old house of raven she grew up at a palace in lyria after her mother had been removed the new queen gave birth to at least two sons interested in the military rather than the needlework or dance Meave had been initially refused fencing lessons by her parents and thus had to sneak into the kitchen and practice alone or with her brothers though tutored by a host of governesses the princess would still climb trees and read memoirs of generals instead of romance. Nice. Um, so like just a little bit of what this sounds like. It sounds like um her mother, Queen Callis or Queen Calice, um, is the typical situation of she kept giving birth to daughters. Mm-hmm. So she was Probably it says she was removed, but I assume that she was killed. Right, and then he took another wife so that they could, uh, Have so that the new wife could give him sons.
0: Which yeah. you know, it's
1: totally the mom's fault that she keeps giving birth to daughters. Right,
0: right. right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, uh, I, this is another one of those historical things that happens where like they they need a, a boy to hand down the, you know, uh, kingship to. And so this kind of stuff happens. Also, one thing I want to point out here is that for when we go into some of the background and some of the history of this kind of stuff, because so much of this stuff is only pieced together through the bits and pieces we get kind of at the periphery of the stories. There's not a like the idea that like we don't know the name of the husband, right? Like we don't know the king's right. name like and maybe Andrey Sakovsky knows that, but it just never got written into a story. It might be in his notes somewhere, but we don't have it's not like J.R. Tolkien, where we have like The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. But then Christopher Tolkien comes around and takes a bunch of his notes and sticks it together as the Silmarillion. and all of a sudden we've got a bigger understanding of the world underneath everything. You know, imagine mm-hmm. just reading *The Lord of the Rings* and *The Hobbit*, and when they reference Gondolin, you being like, "Well, it was some ancient city." That's all we can tell. <laughs> like that's it. So sometimes that's why this stuff sounds the way it does. It's because like watching *The Rings of Power* now and not having stuff. <laughs> right, yeah, Over yeah, like what is the what <laughs> what is that An- Noldor? What is that? Yeah, what is all this? Yeah, uh, but that's kind of what we that's the place that we're at with The Witcher right now is that we have uh, only a limited amount of stuff and they're expanding it with the games and and the show and the um, the tabletop stuff. But as we discussed before, each of those are kind of their own little universes. So <laughs> they, they also don't always tie back to the same exact history details
1: uh meve developed personal distaste for the house obert long in conflict with the ravens and its leading member greta after meeting calanthe her distant cousin from cintra they became close among other things Meave would notice hot-blooded callie as she called the cintran princess shuffling feet in excitement whenever a handsome man passed beside them <laughs> their friendship and affection resembled true sisterhood more than anything in time malicious rumors of incest arose forcing Kalanthi to look for a spouse in remote ebbing
0: interesting that the idea that they were close at one point is pretty cool
1: yeah i mean you know he kind of the i'm trying to imagine like because it sounds like you know because we know from what we know of Kalanthi now right she doesn't she doesn't give a fuck about men she's like men men ain't nothing i don't need a man i'll do it myself but like back Mm -hmm. then she would get really excited uh whenever like a handsome a handsome boy would come around it's like a little boy crazy i wonder if she like got burned well burned probably but also just the uh, we know that she got burned also like how much how much did she start like channeling me because me was already yeah, like you know yeah, yeah. Like yeah tough and like wanting to do things that were generally not perceived
0: as like maiden like independent um, kind of on her own like doesn't really care how about much how much of stuff. an
1: influence did me have on her before yeah. she left maybe
0: who knows that's a good point that's a good point like sometimes you take you know like a friendship like that you take the characteristics of somebody you look up to and you go oh i i could do that too i could mm-hmm. you know why am i why am i hamstring myself in this role why don't i just be more like my friend
1: Uh, So, at the age of 16, we know, you know, young marriage is happening in, like, this kind of setting. Uh, A decision was made to marry her off. A host of nobles dismissed her when seeing post-practice bruises until King Reginald of Rivia fell in love with the
0: princess. So, they were like, Uh, she's too rough. She's going out there beating, like other guys up with her practice sword yeah she's got bruises and stuff we don't
1: Uh that's not that's not appealing that's not womanly yeah uh which you know makes me respect reginald a bit more now too yeah
0: i mean maybe Um, reginald was like no guys you're missing out that's totally hot like what are you you doing (laughs) i'm going think nowadays honestly (laughs) Uh, no man that's cool
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, at first meve seldom behaved like a loving wife uh-oh. Trying to appease her, Reginald bought O'Firi tapestries, sapphire studded necklaces, a Koviri lute, all fiercely discarded. Oh, Reggie's trying so hard. <laughs> At last, a full body gilded plate armor prov- proved the right
0: gift. Nice. Yeah, she's tired of being bruised. She wants to wear that plate armor. <laughs> that's that's so sick. He, even, like, he thought of that to be like, yo. Yeah. Okay. What does she really want?
1: Girly plate stuff. Armor. Nah. Let me get this super cool plate arbor. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, once in the late twelve forties, Meve went hunting to Waldenrad for the first time and had a soft spot for it ever since. Good old uh, Waldenrad. Well, yeah, some of these locations, you know, I assume that's a place yeah. in lyrius slash Rivia yeah, somewhere,
0: it's some city, just uh, like little known. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, she delivered two sons. Willem. And unsafe, <laughs> both <laughs> taking after their father. <laughs> Casual about his foolishness and sporadic cheating. So, what, you know, Reggie? Bye bye we regional. thought you were
0: a good guy, Reggie. Bye bye,
1: Reggie. Respect out the window. <sighs> Freaking Reggie. Uh, uh, Meve held the king dear. They spent winters at Rivia Castle. Uh, during the drought of 1258, Meve roamed the two kingdoms to see how her subjects fared. That was when she witnessed firsthand the extremes people were driven to in the times of famine. So, hmm. learning leadership qualities here. We're actually, um, seeing
0: it for herself rather than just staying in her little secluded, you know, bubble of a world. There's a
1: lot of nobles. Yeah. So, there's a super, like, mad respect to nobles that went out to, like, experience the stuff. Um, in 1259, Reginald, with his last breath, advised me to trust none but Reynard Odo and expired. Uh, yeah. So, trust
0: the guy who's got the hots for you. I'm dying. Bye bye.
1: I'm sure he didn't have the hots for her yet. Oh, uh,
0: maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you know, she was an exceptional uh, lady and she was attractive. Probably. That's fair. That's probably
1: fair. did. Uh, as neither son was ready, he left a as the interim regent in both Rivia and Lyria hoping to manipulate her. The Lyrian council of peers accepted opportunist foes who perceived me as inexperienced struck forthwith the queen replaced silk with the gilded silk. Sweet from Reginald and mounted her steed to confront them. Mm. Mm. So so yeah, she was like, All right, I don't have to act all queenly anymore. Let me put on my armor and go right out to this. <laughs> uh so awesome. Uh this next part is a game cannon. Uh the commanders of the Larry and Rivian army were initially skeptical skeptical of her to the point of ignoring orders. After beheading a few, <laughs> the rest
0: submitted. I mean, savage. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> steadily she, she's the queen been, Don't won. kill
0: babies, but when the soldiers act up, yeah, chop them off. Yep. Uh,
1: steadily, the queen won all battles, lacking any regular training and having trouble recognizing siege weapons. Me, use her memory of various generals' tracks and intellect to beat capable warriors. The foes surrendered before winter. So, nice. Uh, an unconventional, unconventional war strategy, which I mean, how often do we see that as like the winning factor into things? Like whenever you try mm-hmm. to fight according to like the rules of engagement or whatever. Sure. Example, first episode of season one, they they play to the rules of engagement, right? They meet them out on an open field to meet them in battle. What happens? You get stomped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. because their army was bigger, like uh, <laughs> easy. Um, yeah. Easing of tension. Jeez, t- ah, I cannot read easing of tense relations between Vizemir II and her cousin Foltest at the beginning of the 1260s prompted a wedding of Frizenna and Folco. Some of these names are a little. It's not Falca, Falco, Ful- <laughs> Falco. Yeah. yeah, two different people. Uh, where sits in an ambassador around this time, at least before June
0: 1267, Meve entered into a military alliance with Tamaria. So she set up this wedding between like one of her, uh, the people, and one of their people. Mm-hmm. Basically, like this is like a. It, it's not family but alliance, it's, but it's a marriage alliance among your vassals. Yep. Which you know this is all often how you made deals.
1: Like I mean, right. But again, I'm referencing it because it's prevalent right now, seeing how much of an aspect of like how much they've been talking about marriage alliances in the House of Dragon. Yep. Like how often that comes up. Mm -hmm. So shortly thereafter, Black Forces wrought ruin on Citra. Kalanthi committed suicide to avoid being captured. At a conference in Maribor, Meeve agreed to assist the reprisal of the Four Kingdoms, sending a force with Captain Oda. The Guardian Empire, soundly defeated at the Battle of Sodden Hill, called for truth, which she
0: she sealed. Yeah. So now we're up to the events that everybody's familiar with from the show mm-hmm. yeah. and up to the most recent event from
1: the show. Uh, move into kind of moving into the second war uh meeting at hagga in 1267 meave had been summoned to haggard by demovan the third going there meave was well aware of false's long-standing romance with maria luisa la Valletta.
0: can you say courtesy- that is that is that french or italian what yeah. accent would that be i getting italian from it i don't know why i can't do italian very well maria uh, luisa la Valletta um yeah I something I like that i can't do italian very well <laughs> i can do John, the french version italian. i can do the french version real good oh really yeah yeah i can yeah i'm not gonna oh okay yeah.
1: okay my bad i thought i thought you were gonna uh courtesy of your spies at the start Meve remained a silent listener to Dimovin Foltz's of visimir ii and insult of Kaidwin, occasionally twisting her lips into an ambiguous grimace. Whilst Vitzemir talked of the Nilfgaardian threat, Meev lifted her head. She thought she heard crows croak outside, but realized it was just the wind. Basically, just paying attention to kind of everything, like, the talks, all of her surroundings, seeing that she's very perceptive, um, while still, like, not, not participating yet, as was kind of her way. Mm. Um, as they talked about Nilfgaard, Meave... Stressed, they unlike the North could afford to wait before striking. Uh, uh, Nilfgaardians could wait because they had massive forces. forces, It just gave them more time
0: to even back up their forces.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, because you don't have anything impeding them, like in in this sense of like you think about the continent and the like layout of the continent. The Northern Kingdoms are trapped between Nilfgaard and like mountains. Nothing else really. Yeah,
0: the coast, the mountains, and then the north like the the cold frozen north
1: still like mountains and stuff too so it's like you'd have to sail away if that's just not going to happen they didn't invest that much because there's really only a couple kingdoms that were even coastal so
0: yeah yeah
1: uh yeah and and the weather
0: and like another just side note the weather in the south was better as well so Mm-hmm. the climate in the North was much more rough. So they could only muster men during certain seasons, you know, come spring through fall. Whereas the North guardians had much more mild winter. They could be moving men at any point during the year.
1: Yeah. See that, that was like the strategic Cause I have, I have like read, um, I've read books like fantasy novels and things where they like, like there's like war going on. And like one of the big downfalls of like an enemy, uh, was like that they attacked a location during the, like the winter time. Mm-hmm. Like they kept moving their forces north in the winter and like the kingdom, the kingdom that they were fighting was like already familiar with the winter. They were used to the winters. So like a lot of the troops from the enemy force just died from sickness or yeah. the cold because they weren't used to it. Yeah. I mean, Guardian-
0: Napoleonic wars with, uh, as they moved against Russia. And then again, World War II the germans moved Mm -hmm. against russia the winter in both of those situations destroyed the european side of the conflict Um, don't push russia in the winter guys don't don't push don't push towards cold areas just don't push russia they're always cold it's true yeah right like just don't go fight in cold places because you're not going to win against people who are used to it yeah oh
1: yeah Uh, vincemere praised me for a precise remark adding that the emperor disturbed a stone resulting in an avalanche issues with non-humans the influx of cheap imperial goods the school etc uh so basically they didn't have to do much and then they created a whole list of problems i mean people were buying all their goods therefore sending more money to the north guardians which is the more money for supplies and forces the, and more stuff effort. like that yeah um, and then of course we know that they basically mobilized the school and it became a big problem within their own like the Northern kingdom's own safe area, uh, finding it hard to reach a solution. The Kings pause to look at me for guidance.
0: So they're like, we're Kings, right? Like we're, we're, uh, we're all grumpy. We don't know what's going on. What about you? You've been quiet. Right.
1: Yeah. And also like just the, the, this, the idea of like four Kings mm-hmm. looking to the one queen there and being like, what, what do you think? we're not sure what right. do you think mm-hmm. like the amount of respect for that insane yeah. well uh, and
0: she had just proven herself too in a previous conflict where she was able to take on forces that she originally didn't understand and then studied to figure out how to handle them right so she's yeah. kind of proven herself a little bit
1: and again her like the idea of her unconventional war tactics this mm-hmm. is that, that's what they need in this situation because right. conventional they're going to lose No guardians just have more troops right.
0: keep on doing the so. same things you can get the same results
1: Yep. Uh, she advised they should opt for decisive action, a thought which reinvigorated te- uh, attendees who decided to use Sintra as a uniting symbol. Fulstice uh, mu- mused its lost heir Calanthe's granddaughter Cyrilla, should Bam-bom. be deemed dead. meve asked him whether he intended to secretly find her and use Visigurd's volunteers to expand his own kingdom. When her cousin refused, offended that he wouldn't think of Offended that he wouldn't think of marrying a child, uh, Meves snarkily nodded he wouldn't for he loved Baroness Lavetta. They subsequently decided to restore Centra's sovereignty, but couldn't agree on the princess's husband and king. Meev rejected the idea of her sons proposing one of her knights instead to get ahead of Emperor Amir Emries The king silently agreed to Meev's dismay that the child had to die. Basically, Meves proposing a marriage alliance to, like... Uh, because I, and I do remember this like specific detail from the book of like the idea that whoever married, I'm blurry, uh, whoever <laughs> married Siri, then basically was then the, the ruler of Sintra, mm-hmm. And it could like, um, kind of go back and like rebuild Sintra to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And like the idea And but none of the Kings really agreed on it they were just like if we kill her and then we can just claim Sintra that way rather than because they didn't they didn't want to risk emir's claim to Sintra. should he get to her first and marry her first right because that's what they were so certain that he was going to do so Mm.
0: politics Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah no this is interesting because it is you're right it does have a lot to do with like house of the dragon and and the same kinds of you know uh, inter house Marriages and claims of land and all of that stuff, which gets fairly complex. Um, have you ever played the Crusader Kings games? Crusader Kings three came out like a year and a half ago, two was out for a while. It's, I don't think so. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's not like playing an action game, it's like playing civilization. But instead of like, instead of managing your civilization the way you do in something like that, you're actually managing the households of royalty, so you you could pick like a duke of some little place in the middle of europe somewhere and then you have to manage like who's you know who are your advisors who are you trusting you know who are you a vassal of who do you marry who do you marry your children off of uh, off to and the the game just kind of plays out from there and depending on how well you maneuver your line moving forward changes how much of you know, what you control in the future. And you could play through hundreds of years and still only manage very small swaths of land amidst some very large competitors, or you could find ways to claim that you have the rights to certain land and eventually become king of, you know, Francia or something, and then move from there. It's, it's super uh, well done. The games are just, they're very, very deep. There's a very large learning curve, but they're very cool. And there's even mods for stuff like, like game of Thrones where you could play in Westeros as feudal it's lords cool. in Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very, very cool stuff. Um Yeah. Switch and bed says, how about we just let Siri pick her own spouse? That would be nice. Yeah, right. I uh, mean, definitely
1: <laughs> a good idea. I'd be I would be I'd be cool with that, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think they realize how much of a badass she was yet. And so they I were mean, just like, ah, we can just make her do what we want.
1: Yeah. And I'm still like Cause like we, we, like Siri is, it's still undefined. Like what her like sexuality is like, cause I think, I think there's like, they do tease some stuff. And like with, um, with a guy, with that boy from the temple, Melithala, mm-hmm. um, like kind of like they were flirting or whatever, but then like she does later on in the books have like a relationship with a, with a woman. Um, it's not yeah. a good example because it's like very, uh gross and predatory but so and then uh we're not entirely sure i don't think siri wants to marry a man that's the yeah. kind of the vibe i would get from it anyways
0: right well with a lot of a lot of these royalty they they married for political reasons more than anything else and then whatever so just they the kind
1: of person to like,
0: they did after that was up to them you
1: know? Yeah. Siri so does seem like the kind of person to just be like, nah, screw that. Like, I'm not yeah. going to marry anyone. Yeah. I'm going to be totally my own person, which she's got the power to back it too. So like, oh, you got to marry, you got to yeah. marry this guy to solidify your, your, your ruling. And it's like, uh, I can teleport through time. So like, how about no, <laughs> how about <laughs> I just go somewhere how else? About I don't, how about <laughs> I teleport?
0: Yeah, <laughs> no. How about I take like, you through time with me and I leave you there?
1: Yeah, How about yeah that? like <laughs> no, no longer not beheading the bad sold, the 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 obstinate soldiers, uh, just leaving them in other dimensions. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me take you to a place where there's some uh, really crazy elves. Let's go see. Oh, have, you ever, have you ever met a unicorn? Let's go, oh, let's go find a unicorn. Don't worry, you won't meet one here. They're all dead anyway. <laughs> all, or we can go back in time to when they were still alive and they were probably very violent. Oh, God, <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> like, oh, this is what I do
1: with my 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 unruly servants. I take them to the realm where elves are in charge and make humans their slaves. Yeah, there like, jeez. Enjoy. Have
0: fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Well, so you said there's more there's like in fact there's a good second episode we need to do about Maeve Um, Mm -hmm. what are we going to cover next time like what else what else is there
1: Uh, a bit more history a lot about the Second Northern War and uh, it's it's very involved with the Second Northern War and then um, a bit of what happens after
0: yeah so kind of moving past the events of what we've seen in the show as of this point as of recording this today so far yeah Yeah.
1: because the first the Second Northern War is a lot more involved First one was basically the Battle of Sodden Hill. We're good. That's <laughs> yeah, right. actually the war with like Nilfgaard and Squirtle and things. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, well, it's time to wrap up the show. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Toasty, you got cyberpunked episodes out there. Also, mm-hmm. you've got another announcement. I do. I do, do have <laughs> another announcement. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's I
1: crazy do. how it happens. Yeah. uh so um uh, Tom Tom here is uh, uh he's got too many shows. I've got too many shows guys. He's got too many shows. He needed he needed to like he needed to pass off uh the the crown to someone else on the Cyberpunk Lorecast.
0: Yeah, uh, that's right. So that's right. He, yeah, I went dormant on it like mm, 7 months ago, something like that. The last episode was in April, April 2nd. Yeah, so kind of just ran out of new stuff to talk about, kind of the whole cyberpunk thing, was, had been, been, but everything had been pushed back so many times on like when the next patch is going to come out, when we're going to see the DLC, all of that stuff. So it kind of took the wind out of my sails, so I, I, I kind of was like, okay. I'm gonna put this to the side, and in the meantime, I launched the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, which is doing amazingly well. So I've got other priorities. Starfield Lorecast is going to be coming back uh, sometime. Mm -hmm. As as we're going to start getting more info this year, as we get closer again to when launch should be, because they keep pushing that back. So that's going to have to gear up. That's going to be a huge thing. So I was like, you know, I don't want the show to go away. So I asked Toasty. I was like, Toasty. I know you love cyberpunk. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then, and then we got in touch with, uh, Jen from two girls, one ship Genesis. Mm-hmm. And you, the two of you are going to work together and basically bring the show back. Yep. So awesome stuff. So if you're into cyberpunk, if you like CDPR, all their games, and our who also does Witcher and Cyberpunk stuff, then go check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast. It, it talks about a bunch of the history and stuff. There's a bunch of episodes, a hundred some episodes from when I was doing it. And then the two of them are going to take it in their own direction, kind of do their own thing with it. So, awesome stuff. Yeah. 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 Have fun with it. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be uh, new episodes will be coming out probably in the next week based on what we talked about. We'll see. You guys will figure it out. We'll see what happens. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, And then there's all my shows, all of our stuff on uh, robots radio, twitch.tv slash robots radio. Come hang out with me. I've been streaming in the afternoons on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. I've got a bunch of other shows. Tosi's got other shows. A bunch of our other hosts have other shows. RobotsRadio.net for the whole list of everything. If you're into some sort of fandom, there's probably a show there that you'll like. So go check that stuff out. And that's it for this week. Anything else, Toasty? You good? Uh. Follow us on Twitter, The WitcherCast. There you go. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, until next what? time. Stay safe on the path. We'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at RobotsRadio.net.